You're listening to the Redemption Church Podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by today's message. Um, really, it's, it's, uh, it is awesome to be here. Um, I've known Pastor Daniel for a little bit. We're in a, a cohort thing together of some local um, pastors and, and ministries and churches uh, where we get together uh, at least once a month and we kind of just do life together. We look at some struggles that we're each going through. We have somebody who's kind of ahead of that cohort. Uh, his name's Casey Cleveland. I think he's pretty sure before as well. Um, but uh, that's how Daniel and I know each other. I, I got to go to his house a little bit ago and, and uh, he, he's like all about shooting videos. And I'm sure you guys understand. He's like the tech guy. He's got his videos. He's got his podcast. He's got all these things. Well, I got to be a little bit a part of that, which was, which was pretty cool. Um, not too long ago. But, uh, but yeah, then he, he invited me to, to come here and share a little bit about what's going on with myself and 11th Element, um, but also how I think uh, God has a word for, for all of us here tonight, not just, not just myself. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But what we're going to talk about, well, first I'll introduce myself. Uh, my name, again, is Logan Poyer. Uh, I was born and raised in South Florida, so native Floridian, which I, I don't think there's very many of us I don't know how many of you are native. You're not. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I worked in student ministry at a church called Spanish River in Boca Raton. Uh, that's the church that I was born in and grew up in. Uh, and then I kind of took a hiatus from church um, and then came back. The Lord brought me back. And then I started volunteering in the student ministry, which turned into a part, uh, an internship and then a part-time role and then a full-time role. And then I was a student ministry pastor. That was not my plan at all. Like, I, I did not want to be working in the church. Uh, it was never my intention to be in any sort of pastoral position, uh, but God is funny like that sometimes. Um, so I worked in the student ministry for about eight years, and then um, I became a church planter in residence at the Avenue Church, where, where Casey Cleveland is the pastor. And that was about four years ago, and, and we'll kind of get into more of that story in just a little bit. So I've been married for eight years to my wife, Kirsten, um, and we have a four-year-old uh, little girl who's awesome and crazy. And I mean, just the energy is non-stop with this four-year-old girl. It's, it's, it's really something. Um, and then we have a one-month-old little boy. So, uh, so I might be a little you know, tired. I don't know. One month is, is still pretty, pretty relatively new. Um, but, but that being said, let me, let me just be a little transparent and honest with you for a second. Um, Daniel said, hey, uh, when you bring the word, you know, pray about what it is that you want to, to share. You know, and, and so I did. And, and I had something over here that I was like, like I felt like I really wanted to share this message. <clears throat> but, but then I started feeling like God, God was like, actually, no, I really want you to share something totally different. And so I had something like that I thought, was, was going to be it, and it was all ready to go. And then he's like, no, actually, um, I've, got, I've got something different for you uh, and for Redemption Church uh, that I want you to share. And, and, and in my notes, right, I said that, that there's this message from the Lord. And, and I put that in my notes because it's like the pastor thing to do. <laughs> and that's just being, I'm just being honest. But, but, but as I was preparing, you know, earlier today, even just during worship, um, I really feel this, this sense in which um, God has this message specifically for us in here today. Uh, this, this is a message that I think God 
has ordained and, and sovereignly brought into this particular time and space for, for this evening. So um, I just want you to know that first. Um, second, I will tell you a little bit more about myself and 11th Element Ministries. Uh, and then third, the, the third thing that I want to uh, kind of focus on this, this evening is um, I will be trying to exhort or strongly encourage you to go from what I would consider potentially a spectator to a participant in God's mission. Before we get into it, um, let's just pray again real quick and, and ask God to, <clears throat> to be with us th- this, this evening. Father, we just, we just ask that you would, uh, through your spirit, move through this, this particular uh, geographic time and space, Lord, that, that you would be in, in the midst of these people of this church, that you would use this message to maybe stir the hearts uh, of some of us who are here, Lord. Um, we ask that you're glorified through this time, uh, and, and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So here's a question. Have you ever been to a bed or breakfast? Really, a bed or breakfast? Not a bed and breakfast. Bed or breakfast. I have not. Uh, have you ever driven a car with a gas or brake pedal? Or what if you were forced to choose between always being awake or always being asleep? Uh, or uh, what if you could only eat or drink, right? Obviously, the, the word is switched from and to or, and we can see how that can, be, that can lead to some problems. And, and what I want to kind of argue this, this evening is that as we find our place in God's mission, we don't get to choose between word or deed. Instead, the word is and, it's word and deed, in other words, the things that we say or the things that we do. And to exclude one of these main components of God's mission would be like driving a car with a gas or brake pedal. You would either be driving recklessly, putting everybody's lives in danger, or you would be literally sitting and going nowhere, right? And so clearly this word must be and and not or. And so this evening, um, we're gonna be asking and hopefully answering these, these three main questions about word and deed. And before I go on, I want to make sure we understand what is God's mission. Like, do we understand what this, this, this thing that we're going to be going from maybe a spectator to a participant in God's mission? What is God's mission? John 19.10 says Jesus um, says that he has come to seek and save the lost. He has come to save the world, right? And, and we talked about that here just a few minutes ago. Uh, the Westminster, the Shorter Catechism, the Westminster Confession, the Shorter Catechism uh, is, is this document that uh, the church at large has used to establish uh, the theology of, of kind of the, the church, right? And uh, they ask these questions and then they give the answers to the questions. And it's a really foundational, awesome work. But this question number 25 is this, how does Christ execute the office of a priest? Okay, and so we understand that Christ is prophet, priest, and king. <clears throat> but in particular, with, with him being a priest, the answer says that Christ executes the office of a priest in his once offering up of himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice, reconcile us to God, and in making the continual intercession for us. In other words, uh, Christ executes the office of priest by seeking and saving the lost. He has come to save the world. That is Christ's mission. And that is what he is asking us and pulling us into to go from a spectator to a participant. So the first question, how are we currently practicing word and deed in God's mission? 
word and deed in God's mission. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 um, says this. Awesome. Uh, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. I think some of us can get so on board with like community service and serving the poor and taking care of the environment, but then we, we might fail to ever tell somebody about Christ. Or maybe we're, we're super good at inviting people out to coffee and we sit them down and we have our evangelistic tool of choice ready to go and we can, we can just walk them through the creation, fall, redemption, restoration, overarching you know, uh, narrative of scripture all together, but then we never actually like do anything for people, right? Or uh, maybe we kind of struggle to do either. Um, but, but before we, we move on, I want you to just, Take a self-inventory, like, like you can even close your eyes if you want. Just think for a second, uh, how am I currently practicing word and deed in God's mission? And maybe the answer is that you don't know or that you're not, and that's okay. And, and, I, and I would, my prayer really is that God might use today to, to potentially change that. And so, so again, First question today is simply the self-inventory of how are you currently participating in God's mission through word and deed. Number two is what is holding us back from practicing word and deed in God's mission? And I think there's, there's one word that we can kind of use to, to sum that up, but I think there's different facets uh, or, or ways in which we can break down that word. The one word that I would use is fear. Um, I think that we fear what someone might think of us when we share the gospel with them. We fear how people will treat us. We fear we might lose friendships. We fear we might get rejected. Uh, and, and the reality is you probably will. You probably will get rejected and you probably will lose friends. And all those fears are legitimate and I wanna affirm that those are like real and, and I'm not gonna say you shouldn't have them. But I think scripture tells us something, something different about fear. And before we look at 2 Corinthians 5.11, what does culture tell us about fear? You guys familiar with the, the like 90s brand of no fear, right? It was like, a, there was keychains, hats, like it was this, it was this whole thing. Um, they probably made millions on no fear. Or how about the line, the only thing to fear is fear itself. Culture tells us that fear is bad. We should not be fearing. We need to have courage and strength. And a lot of times we get sucked into that. I think scripture has something a little bit different to tell us, 2 Corinthians 5.11, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Fear is not only healthy, but it's something we should long for, a healthy fear of the Lord. <clears throat> and it is this fear of the Lord that is essentially Christ's love compelling Paul to continue sharing the gospel even in the midst of suffering. And that's what we're seeing in this passage. There's a commentary that talks about the fear of the Lord and it says this, the awe that a person ought to have before God. Sometimes such fear is appropriately demonstrated by those who have displeased God. When we look at like Adam and Eve um, and they were afraid of God after they ate from the, the forbidden fruit, the threat of judgment ought to produce fear, but in a more general sense, 
Fear of God can be engendered by a simple awareness of God's magnificence. So it's not, it's not the same fear that we might immediately think of when we, when we talk of uh, the fear of the Lord. So uh, I, I've been blessed to have a good and healthy relationship with my earthly father um, as I grew up. And, um, and I also had a healthy fear of him. Uh, the, the, the line of wait till your father gets home was scary, right? That was like something that instilled fear in me. Um, and it wasn't from a place of condemnation or that he enjoyed disciplining me, but instead, uh, and I can look back on it now and I can say, oh, it was like it was out of love that he would, that he would bring this sense of fear into me. And I could, and I could feel that. <clears throat> and not only fearing the Lord or fearing our earthly fathers, but, but the fear that we have of another's perception of us should pale in comparison to the fear we have of their impending eternal separation from God. It seems that oftentimes we have what I would call a misplaced fear. Elliot Clark, um, another, an author, uh, says this, have we really taken into account the end and outcome for our friends, relatives, neighbors, and coworkers? Is our failure to evangelize really an issue of fearing too much or not fearing nearly enough? Do we cherish our comfort and others' respect more than we cherish God's glory and their deliverance? Will we love them enough to fear for them? So let me tell you a little bit about my fear. As I said earlier, I worked in a church context for, I have worked in like a, a church ministry context for about 12 years now. And, and four years ago, I felt the Lord starting to call me out of, of the current context I was in and into something else. And, um, and I was really comfortable where I was. Um, I'm sure you can relate to this. Uh, like I knew, I knew what I was doing. I was in student ministry. Uh, I was at a pretty big church. New kids came in to, to the ministry all the time. And after four years, the other ones left, which means I could just recycle my content, right? Like over and over. And, and like I, I, knew, I knew how to do what I was doing. I was comfortable. But, but I think there's, there's something maybe wrong <laughs> with being comfortable. I think that, that being comfortable in a comfortable place a lot of times is not where God's calling us to be. <clears throat> Mark Sayers wrote a book called A Non-Anxious Presence, it's a relatively new book, and if you're looking for something to read, I highly recommend it. Uh, very, very good. Um, he writes this in that book, the choice to prioritize comfort, ease, and good feelings above growth is the choice to embrace and accept personal, spiritual, and emotional immaturity. The most comfortable of environments from a temporal and earthly perspective are the worst environments for the seed of the kingdom to grow. Hard places are good soil for kingdom seeds. In other words, it's in the fringes, it's in the uncomfortable, it's in the hard times, it's in the struggles that God does some of his best work in helping us to develop um, into the person that he's called us to be and into the, the roles that he's called us to be in. Moreover, it's, I think it's in the actual like, difficult places, like the actual geographic places that, that just might be the best for us to, to bring the gospel and plant and participate in his mission. In other words, uh, God had a different plan for my word and deed in his mission. And it turns out he wanted me to, to plant a church. And I didn't know that at first. I didn't know what it was gonna be, but I had a passion for fitness and ministry. And I knew that that was, that was kind of the, the, the way for me to go. So I took that next step, not really knowing what it was gonna be. I left my, my comfortable job 
where I knew how I was going to support my family, and I knew all of those things, and I took the step, <clears throat> not knowing where I was going, what I was doing, but knowing that I was being called. And, uh, and, and it wasn't just going to be like a normal church, and, and, and he alluded to the, the fact that it's the most non-traditional method of church, right? And so what we do is we bring this stripped-down, more agile uh, expression of church into the fitness community. So we partner with, with gyms, and, and I reach out to the gym owner, and I say, hey, this is what we do. This is who we are. Would you allow us to come in and use one of your class times as the 11th element class? And then afterwards, we have a time of fellowship and, and a short message, and we, we provide some snacks and drinks, try to have some hospitality. Uh, and, and then from there, we're able, to, we're able to almost like, in a good way, infiltrate the, the fitness community with the gospel. We can, set, we can set up what I like to call kingdom outposts in the secular community. Uh, and then outside of that, we have, uh, we have gatherings. I call, them, I call them our community nights. And the community night is where we fulfill some of the other, uh, I think, facets of what makes up the church, where we'll have baptisms and, uh, and take Lord's Supper, things like that. But that all happens um, as a part of the umbrella of 11th Element Ministries. Now, uh, you might be thinking, why 11th Element? So there's, there's kind of this agreed upon 10 elements of fitness, um, and I, I won't be able to give them all to you, but they're speed, strength, agility, power, balance, endurance, coordination. That was pretty good. Um, but there's 10. And, and what we're saying is that we want to we wanna incorporate one further element, which is, which is our faith or our spirit. And, and as we seek to um, address all 11 elements, we become a well-rounded person, not just, not just a well-rounded athlete, right? And we do think that, like I said at the beginning, the, uh, we want to combine and elevate the importance of physical and spiritual health. So, so as believers, as Christians, it is important to take care of ourselves physically. We're, we're created in the image of God. So therefore, our, our physical bodies have this intrinsic value to them and, and I think that there's a sense in which we, we need to be taking care of them, right? And, and, and there's a lot of different ways that can look, right? It doesn't mean that you have to come to CrossFit, <laughs> but, but just being active and taking care of our physical bodies, I think is very, very important. And so that's, that's where the 11th element comes from. And it's, it's, led, to, um, it's led to weddings, um, which has led to premarital counseling before those weddings, which those people didn't realized was going to be a part of the deal, right? They asked me, hey, would you, would you marry me? And I said, yeah, but you got to do premarital for six weeks. And all of a sudden, it's like this, it's like this life-changing experience for these people because they've never really had something like that. Uh, there's been baptisms um, as well. And, and God is just doing this really cool work of, of seeing the fitness community and the gospel come together in a way where, where church is going out to the people and, and I was saying this before, it's not as though it's replacing, in any sense, the traditional model of church, right? That's, that's a very necessary um, and important piece of capital C Church. But I also think that this is uh, another way in which the church can, can be going, getting out into the community and reaching lost people who, who, who probably would never step foot in this kind of church, right? <clears throat> so I began to face my fears of man and attempt to place my fear in the right places instead. I needed my fear for the eternal destinations of my, of my friends to become way more important than how they might think of me. Right? Um, and and quick, uh, 
clarification. Uh, I'm not telling you this to like make myself look good or 11th element sound good. I hesitate to even share these stories because I would never want you to, to think of giving me the credit. Really, it's, it, God is the one who deserves the, the praise and the glory. It was, it was uh, and, and, and I can tell you this with full confidence that, that I had no idea what I was doing when I took that step. And, and it was only through the, the Lord's guidance, wisdom, and discernment that, that we were able to, to get anywhere near where we're at with this 11th element today. So number three, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Because I think each of us here um, might need to be quote unquote activated in a sense. And, and I'm not, not to say that you're not already doing things, which I'm sure you are, but I still think that there might be a sense in which we can be activated maybe to the next level or, or something similar to that. Maybe we tell people about Jesus well, but we need to activate the deed part, the doing part of our evangelism. Or maybe it's the other way around. We do things really, really well for people, but we never actually tell them, hey, uh, you're a sinner and Christ died for you, right? Again, Mark Sayers, the author from A Non-Anxious Presence says this, God seeds leaders with his dream of renewal. <clears throat> now I'm gonna take a pause. Um, you are a leader, okay? Whether you uh, want to be or think you are, uh, you, you lead in some capacity or another. Somebody somewhere is looking up to you and following your lead, okay? And, and we might not always view ourselves as leaders, uh, but I'm telling you right now that, and I don't even know you, but I know that you're a leader in some capacity, okay? Make sure you know that. God seeds leaders with his dream of renewal. We see this pattern throughout scripture and church history. For even in the seemingly darkest and most confusing times, God still brings forth a new cohort of leaders. Ordinary people with an extraordinary role to play as carriers of his seed of renewal. Through surrendering to God's will, they discover and then advance his pattern of renewal in the world. Yet for these seeds to be activated, leaders must step into a process of growth. So there is an element to which you have to take that step. But there also is an element to which God has seeded you as a leader with his dream of renewal. You are supernaturally geared towards action. <clears throat> However, we still need to take that step. And as we look at the life of Jesus, we see him demonstrate the combination of word and deed. He practices uh, the, the, the idea of deed, uh, or I'm sorry, word, when he preaches and he tells gospel stories. He calls people to repent from their sin. He calls people to believe in him, but then he also performs miracles and he provides food and drink and he heals people. He raises people from the dead. Ultimately, Jesus performed the greatest deed by living the perfect life that we couldn't live, going to the cross and while on the cross, having all of God's wrath and punishment for our sins placed on him, paying the punishment we deserve. He physically dies three days later, rises from the dead, defeating death and the punishment for all of our sins past, present, and future. God, uh, Christ, through his perfect life, death, and resurrection, personifies this idea of word and deed in God's mission. Then eventually ascending to heaven, he now sits at the right hand of God the Father, interceding on our behalf. And it's this deed, the work of Christ, that provides us with a bridge back to a relationship with the Father when we place our faith in him. We become clothed in his righteousness and the righteousness of Christ, and we then receive the spirit in our lives, the same spirit that gave Christ the ability 
to perform his word and deed is then also living inside of us and it gives us the power and ability to perform the words and deeds that we're called to. And I didn't plant 11th element because I just thought it was a good idea one day, but instead because the spirit lives inside of me and God is doing something really cool that I'm just kind of blessed to be a part of. And you, Redemption Church, I think that if you have placed your faith in the work of Christ, you have the same spirit living inside each of you. And you've been called to a particular place in God's mission to execute your word and deed. And how cool is it to know that the God of the universe, the creator and sustainer of all things, has a plan for you to participate in his mission? Not just spectate, but participate. And I don't think you want to miss out on that. I don't think you want to miss out on on God calling you into a participation role on on his mission uh, as he gives you the things that you need to be that participant. I don't don't think you want to miss out on that. And if you haven't yet, maybe, maybe today's the day you begin that journey to be activated in your part on God's mission. Maybe today's the day you take the words of Jesus in Matthew 5 that we looked at earlier to heart. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Last time I'm going to quote Mark Sayers. If you can't tell, I really like his book. You were not patterned after heaven to retreat into a comfort zone. You were made in the image of God to bring chaos into order. As you act as a channel of God's will on earth, the spirit manifests the pattern of heaven in the world and we mediate that pattern as God's workers in creation. The kingdom breaking out is when the heavenly pattern is initiated on earth. That is where you are called to be at the point where heaven kisses the earth. At that intersection, the ways of the kingdom are revealed. Maybe today is your commissioning. Maybe today is your activation. Maybe today is your call to action. And I don't know what it is that you do for work or, or pleasure um, or where you spend most of your time, but I would argue that, that maybe part of the, the puzzle is that um, God has you where you are to, to be that kingdom outpost, like right now. It's not, it's not as though you need to go start another ministry or another church Maybe, that could be cool, but, but maybe not. Maybe God has you already where he wants you to be and he just wants you to, to be activated and to take that step of participating in word and deed. My wife's a hairstylist um, and, and, I, and I'll tell you something, there's, there's something really special about the salon chair. I don't know if you, if you know that. It's like a supernatural thing there and as soon as somebody sits in her chair and she starts to cut, style, whatever, uh, the floodgates open, right? And, and people just, and she's good at, at talking for sure and, and like just keeping that conversation going. But, uh, but she, when, when she's sitting there and she's doing this, she's intentional with her clients and there, and there are awesome opportunities for her to, to speak gospel truth into their lives as they're telling her about, you know, uh, their husband is, being a jerk or the, the work at the office has been awful and I get that and my kids are, are driving me crazy. Like there's all these things that come out in the salon chair and my wife is able to, 
to just speak gospel truth into those situations, but it's just being intentional. So I'm not trying to, to tell us to, to get rid of our fear, but actually let's, let's maybe just fear more. Let's, let's begin to, to increase our fear, uh, fearing God more and fearing our friends and family's eternity more. And let's, let's, call, let's practice what I call gospel fluency by bringing the person of Jesus to wherever these people are. We wanna be fluent in the way that we can bring the gospel to these people. Let's practice telling people about Jesus while also being the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, now hear this. The cost for you to not do this is, is way too great. It's, it's in fact the greatest cost if we're not gonna be a participant in God's mission. I've had the honor to disciple some, some guys in the recovery community a little bit over the last few years. And, um, and it's really like heavy in those, in those situations. Meeting at the halfway house <clears throat> every Tuesday night um, for, for years with these guys. And one thing that I've come to realize is that for these people, sobriety is a matter of life and death, like le- legitimately life and death. And I've known some who have lost that battle and I've known others who are winning every single day and they're going strong. But the same truth remains that the stakes are the highest that they could be. And the same is true for our spiritual lives as well. It is, it is a matter of life and death and we need to treat it that way. <clears throat> so to kind of close here, I wanna encourage you that, that we each have been wired and blessed to participate in God's mission in certain ways. So when I think of, uh, like, like if I'm gonna participate better in my word of, of sharing the gospel with people, um, like maybe you have platforms in which you, you have, maybe you have an awesome like Instagram following, right? Or social media presence, or, or maybe you own a business where a lot of people look up to you and you have these opportunities to be sharing Christ through the things that you're saying, right? Um, but, but think like where, where has God placed me to be participating in the things that I say, but also maybe the things that you're doing. Maybe, maybe you, you own uh, a, a gym and you want 11th Element to come in and like bring the gospel to that gym. Cool. Maybe you've been blessed with finances and, and, and part of your doing is, is giving back to the church, the capital C church, in order for them to, for the church to, to advance the mission of the gospel. But, but I think there's, there's there's different ways in which we are all blessed and wired to participate in God's mission. So figure out what it is for each of you, jump into God's mission, and I promise you this, that you will not be sorry that you did. Let's pray. Father, um, I thank you again for, for this opportunity to just be here with Redemption Church, to be able to, to look at this concept of, of word and deed, Father, to... Um, uh, to, to go from this uh, spectating where, I'm, where, where we're, we might be watching how you do things, Lord, and how you're changing people's lives. And that's great, Lord. But, and we wanna, we wanna watch and we wanna, we wanna see how you're working. But, but Lord, we wanna be a participant. We wanna jump in to your mission to seek and save the lost. And so we ask that you would, you would just, uh, Lord, open our eyes and our, and our minds and our hearts to be able to know the, the exact 
uh, way in which you are calling us to be this participant. Lord, give us the, the strength and the courage to be able to take that first step. Even if we might not know where those steps are gonna be leading, Lord, we can, we can feel that tug, that, that, that little push that you're giving us to participate in a certain way. And we ask that you just give us that, that strength and the ability and the courage to take that step. Father, be with us, uh, go before us this week. Help us to, to just be that, that light of the world, Lord, that we can let our light shine for, to others and, and that they can experience you through the, through the things that we say and the things that we do as we move from spectator to participant on your mission. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Williams at Redemption Church in Delray Beach. Thank you so much for listening to that message. We pray it was an encouragement. It was a blessing to you as we love to pursue and to proclaim Jesus together. And so no matter where you're listening, whether it be YouTube or our podcast, you can go to more resources at redemptiondb.com and even partner with us in ministry to pursue and to proclaim Jesus. God bless you. And thank you so much for listening.